0: Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. Man, we just sat and talked for an like, hour and like twenty-five. Two minutes. hours almost. <laughs> I'm I'm hungry again. Yeah. I ate right before we got I here. I did too. I had so dude, I you got me addicted to the uh the Starbucks egg bites. Oh, you smashed them. Which ones you go with? What's the, uh Egg white and roasted red bell pepper. Have you tried the kale mushroom ones? They don't have it at the one I go to.
1: I like the kale mushroom ones, but they leave like a coating on your teeth. Mm. Just a little bit. Kind of like you ate from the ground. Yeah. nothing. You know? <laughs> it's just rustic. It is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of mushrooms, I got a guy I follow on Strava, a buddy of mine. He's a stud rider. And he's been finding, finding lion's mane mushrooms, like on trail. He's up in Vermont. Uh-huh. He's been finding lion's mane. And uh, his rides, you can see, it's funny, if, I, I'll click on view analysis, right, to see his rides. And you'll see all these stops. And then by the end of the Strava post, I'll see a picture of him with like 10 of these lion's mane mushrooms. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of feel like I want to go do a ride like that, where you just go out and you're like, I mean, I'm riding hard. Because he's like, he's crazy He's a, fast. He's a hammer, he's, right? he's a stud. I'm yeah. um, pro rider, right? Um, but he's stopping and finding these mushrooms. I'm like, man, that seems like the most perfect combination for fall riding. Yeah. Right? Hammerfest where
0: you stop to see cool fall stuff <laughs> or harvest mushrooms. Or like go on a a pumpkin hayride in the middle of the ride. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know the
1: best pumpkin hayride I've ever done. I, I mean, to be able to say that. I was like
0: – that's a sentence I just didn't ever I imagine know. happening,
1: but there's this place here in the Denver area where you can ride on a hay rack and they take you out into a field
0: and then you shoot zombies with paintballs so I've been to that one, okay. it's uh the haunted field of screams, okay and I just bought six tickets for it this coming Saturday,
1: so you're gonna go shoot uh, so we this, did, we, the
0: paintball thing happens after this after the Halloween season, I the, think. Well, they, it's just the, a haunted corn maze. Okay, and I, if it's the one, I, because I can't imagine there's a lot where they put you in a trailer behind a tractor with loaded paintball guns. Right, I would imagine it's the same one. Um, like up in Thornton. Yeah, yeah. it's up there. So we we've gone. We missed the the pandemic year. All but, the zombies had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. We went last year. We went the year before. Last year, they didn't have the, because it was still like COVID protocol stuff. Um, they didn't have the zombie hayride, but I just bought tickets for it again. Perfect. It's the best. It- Shooting unarmed people with paintball guns
1: really <laughs> scratches an niche Dude. that I think 2022, probably shouldn't be saying this out loud,
0: but it's, <laughs> it's a thing that uh, it's quite fun. Dude, it's it, I love Halloween season. Yeah. Um, Last year, Vans came out with. uh, Oh, yeah, all the horror movies. All the horror movie shoes. You bought all of them. I bought all of them. Yeah, there's not a pair I didn't get. Yeah. And on Saturday, October 1st, I I wore all of them. (laughs) But I didn't wear all of them. (laughs) Two of my feet, two of my hands. I had had all the boxes out of the closet, really putting a lot of thought into which pair I needed to start October with. Fair enough. I love Halloween. What'd you pick? I went with a classic uh, Elm Street. No. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Jason. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you could like, I have both. It's toss up. Yeah. Either one. You know what? We are way off topic.
1: Um, <laughs> there's another Halloween. I, there's another one. Just, do you know when they'll stop making Halloween movies? When Jamie Lee Curtis dies. Correct. That's exactly right. <laughs> when Jamie Lee Curtis is no longer available to just haggard ass her way across the screen,
0: <laughs> like, like, like the worst sibling rivalry ever. Oh
1: my gosh! I'm like, guys. He, you have like definitively killed him many times in the last, especially the last like five I didn't see five. the one that came out last year. Uh, I, I watch all of them, yeah. And uh, and maybe that's why because I'll watch this one
0: because uh, people will always
1: it's watch the it. It's the same as Fast and Furious, and you did a little meme on that the other day. You sent over
0: <laughs>
1: how they build the storyline.
0: <laughs> so, what this is like, dude, I'll watch, I will always watch. Uh, so for me, the ones that I will always watch are Fast and Furious movies, like mm-hmm. when. Fast and Furious 10 comes out with John Cena and the grave. What was it? The undertaker and who, whatever other wrestler they decide to sh- shove in there. I'll watch, watch that it. one. Yeah. Um, uh, and any, any star Wars content. Fair enough. Anytime. Uh, <laughs> So, anyway, it's fall in Colorado apparently. <laughs> Dude, it is
1: fall in Colorado. I know that because I did the Token Ride last week. Kenosha, I saw, Georgia pass. Yep,
0: I saw the flannel and the aspens all in one picture. Dude, it was on. Yeah. Um
1: I rode it as a single speed ride with uh, Kevwich, mm. which uh we had ridden the week before as well. And we got like super honest with each other We're like man, like cuz on the East Coast there's a big contingent of single speed racers. The that Pennsylvania are, guys, right? Yeah, the like Pennsylvania guys. And it's they like are, a thing. They're so strong and they're so fast. And they go out and they do group rides like every week. Like they're always riding together, which makes you stronger, right? And then uh, I don't have like a strong... It's probably my own undoing because I've always seen anyone who's on a single speed as a competitor. So I'm always like racing them. So there's this like, hey, we're cool. Like after the race, as long as I beat you. But like in the race and before the race, like we're racers, right? right? And so I don't have that squad, but Kev, which is that for me and right. I for him. So we're now doing these weekly rides. It's great because we're the same pace, you know, not just like speed and fitness wise, yeah. but like the bikes themselves go a certain pace. And mm-hmm. so I've been riding together and we went out to Kenosha, Georgia pass. And I wanted to play with my gearing that I'm going to race at nationals here at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm running a 20, which is like a big gear. That's why I raced at LaRuda. Uh, and so we're ripping through and we're watching the leaves, seeing the leaves and we made a really good decision at the start and decided, let's just mount cameras so that we don't have to stop and do the obligatory pictures of the leaves. Uh-huh. And so that's what we did. So we did it as out and back. Like we we hit the ride hard, but we just filmed everything on GoPro. Yeah. So we can like
0: enjoy it later. Nice. It was awesome. That's great. So I had a a similar so I'm not into the leaf peeping thing unless it's by bike. Okay. I I just don't get sitting in a car to look at leaves and from a highway, it's a different. Like if you're on a mountain bike and you're in the leaves, peep all the leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know Molly doesn't mountain bike, but I got her the e bike. Right, and we went and did Highline yesterday, so she's been cranking out thirty mile rides while I do recovery rides, and it's been awesome. Um, so we got to do a little leaf peeping for her. But not from a car for me. Amazing! It was awesome. Yeah, you keep you continue to prove this, the the
1: this like synergy you got going on with the e bike wife training
0: program is pretty like pretty spot on. So yesterday we actually, I we did her. So this was the fourth time we've been out together on oh, her, she, and she's in spandex now. Didn't you buy her a kit? I, I got her not spandex, but like baggies. Yeah, okay. so she's got. You know, a pair of riding shorts. She's got a riding kit. Got it. Um, But so she needs to ride once a week. But she, so first of all, she's crazy excited every week. Like when the weather was supposed to be bad yesterday, it was looking like we may not get our bike our weekly bike ride in, and she was genuinely disappointed.
1: And then the weather people had no idea what was going on because it, it was, was a
0: sun, it was beautiful beautiful day. <laughs> but if you, I don't know if you saw any of my Strava activity yesterday, but I I did a ride early in the morning because I was thinking, well, the weather's shitty right now, but I know I can get it in before we start doing the day's stuff. Yeah. And then if I get one at the end of the day, great. So I did two rides yesterday, but one of them was like a workout and the other one was with her. Yeah. Uh, peeping leaves. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Much better than doing it from I 70 in traffic from a car.
1: Oh my gosh. The traffic that was up there too. It was, we did, we did the ride on a Thursday and there was no parking up there. I mean, it was insane. Like people, there's a high amount of people calling in sick to go take pictures <laughs> of dying trees. <laughs> like this is the, it's
0: the only time they're gonna look this good.
1: This is what's going on, but uh, but it is fall. It's fall, no. and uh, man, I love it. The crisp, like I rode, I rode into flannel this weekend. The crispness in the morning, like I'm 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 into it. The smell, like the smell of just the trees falling and being like wet on the ground and the like. It's cool. I, de- I mean, don't get it twisted. It gets much colder, and I am in the desert. I'm, yeah. I'm quickly
0: coming upon the go to desert part of the year, yeah.
1: but uh, but it's good right now.
0: It is. Um, and normally, you know, I was thinking about it, and I'm thinking about the rhythm of uh, what our season, like our podcast seasons have been, and we almost always do a season finale around now. Right. Right. And with that season finale usually comes with some reflection on the year. And I wanted to put a spin on that for this episode. And instead of just like top five things, blah, 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 blah. Um, or what lessons did we take? We had, I think we actually had a really good what lessons did we have last year episode. Yeah. Um, and it really set the tone, at least for my year. Um, well, yeah, like a proclamation in and a and big then, way. Um, I thought a more fun way to do that this year would be when I proposed it, I just put racecraft, things. You can only learn from racing. Right. Um, and there's some things that you're only going to learn from racing a lot. I'm not talking about once, you know, a race a year, a race every couple of years. But there's just some takeaways that don't even necessarily have to do with the outcome of your race necessarily as far as your placement or your overall time or your overall experience. But the things that either make your life feel easier prior to something that isn't going to be easy or easier while you're doing it, like reducing the, the cognitive load while you're doing the hard thing. I love it. Um, and so I've got three. I don't know if you've got any off the top of your head. Yeah, I'm ready to roll. All right. Well, why don't you hit me with your very first race craft thing. You can only learn once you've done a bunch of races.
1: I I, I dig it. And so I'm actually in the spirit of kind of like my role this season. If you haven't noticed this season, there's been a lot of, I've been, it, it hasn't been a lot about you. No. Did you notice that I was? I did. Uh, somebody was um, just close to my life, and I can't remember who it was talking to me about it. And they go, "Man, I've been listening to the podcast. Like, man, you really kick a lot towards what Harley's doing." And I'm like, "Well, the season started off with this big like desire to evolve into a thing, which you have done gloriously." So, staying in that theme, uh, this last week, yesterday, yesterday. Uh, Yeti puts on the Yeti Betty Bike Bash, mm-hmm. which is a women's only mountain bike race uh, out of Bear Lake State Park and uh, Bear Creek Lake State Park. That's a really... Red- like, it's, it's hard lot to say. going on it. in there. There's so many words. Um, but it's all women and, and girls. And it starts early in the morning. As a matter of fact, one of our... Brian Elanders Lander's mom did her first race. She was in the, whatever, 50-plus category. Yeah. Women, like, beginner or sport or something like that. She got... Second place, you know. It so let's be genetic. <laughs> yeah, right. So well, she's done crazy accomplished stuff on a bike. She just had never raced. Like oh weird. The woman's cycled across the continent or across the, the US. She's gone coast to coast. Like, okay. She's done cool stuff. But anyhow, it started there and it was going all day. Abby raced at twelve thirty three. And I had brought this up to her, like, hey, we're gonna be in town. We had a wedding yesterday and saturday rather and we are going to come back after the wedding and so i'm like you're gonna be in town you should should knock this race out it's short and you know the area it's just gonna be it's gonna be like an hour less race i mean it's 12 miles you're mm-hmm. gonna hammer it she was hemming and hawing about signing up and i sent her the link and i was like well don't do it for me like it just it's it's like all women like how cool you're gonna go there and be like with all women doing mountain bike racing i think it's gonna be a great deal and you're gonna be here you should do it you're like a A lot of people look up
0: to her. Yeah, you're an accomplished bike racer at this point.
1: So she's hemming and hawing him. And finally, I get a message on Saturday while I'm down with the groom at this wedding. And she's up with the bride. And uh, she says, I'm registered. And then later on, I learned that she had to reach out to the race director, have him reopen registration. So she was like super reluctant to sign up, right? She signs up. The night we get back from the wedding, I'm like, hey, you know, you should probably, you know, prep what you're going to have. And this, I'll do it in the morning. The morning stretches and I'm like, what time are you gonna leave? And like the whole thing is getting stretched out, right? Because she's thinking,
0: I don't have to race till well after twelve.
1: Well, it's just there's there was a lot of like reluctance, right? Because the wedding was late, you're home late, and you sleeping and like so there's just there wasn't she didn't exude like this, like, yeah, I'm gonna go get this, right? Till like walking out the door. So I rode with her to the race and I got out about 10 miles or 15 miles before like the race venue, and I did my own ride. And I ended up finishing my ride at her race, and she had finished. And I had just, dude, I had just missed her. I made the wrong turn at Bear Creek, and I had just missed her finish. And so I get a text pop up on my Wahoo and it says, I got third place. And it was like, out of like 21 women in the sport, 40, 49, and yeah. she was super jacked. And I went up, and I was super jacked for her, and we're hanging out. And I surprised her. She didn't know I was coming. As we're waiting for the podium, they did a little uh, Biddy Betty bike race and there's all the kids, you uh-huh. know. And I turned to her and I'm like, "How do you feel?" And she's like, "Man, I feel like she's like coughing, right? Because was a high intensity XC race." I Man, I feel like really good. I'm really proud of myself. I'm like, "I'm super proud of you." I'm mean, like, "You didn't do, you didn't get third out of like five people, right? Like you, you put it to it." And she was 20 seconds off of second place. Um, and the first place girl was a, a gal from Columbia that I think just signed up for the wrong category because she won by like
0: five minutes, minutes in a 55
1: minute race. So like, <laughs> she would have won the expert, right? So sure. she just didn't know, she didn't understand what she had signed up for. And I was like, yeah. And this is my takeaway, finally. Here's my race craft. I turned to her and I go, hey, like this feeling right here, memorialize it. Like remember this feeling. And I think that that's the greatest thing I've ever learned from racing. Um, not just this year, but in all of my years is that that feeling after you've put everything into something, no matter what your finish was, third place, last place, first place, but the feeling of accomplishment when you have like spent time getting to a thing and then putting everything you have into it, it's that feeling. And sometimes we can forget that. And then you get all the anxiety about the race or as Abby showed, like the reluctance to do the race, things like that, right? Like she just got done. She did Breck Epic last month, and this month she was like hanging and hawing about this it's about twelve miles, twelve hours at Bear Creek yeah. <laughs> in our race. So we 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 can forget what it's like to feel the accomplishment of doing a thing, um, and I think standing at the finish line post race is one of the rawest and truest uh,
0: feelings that we get, like as adults in any in any vein of our life. I agree. The, Um, I, I have used that feeling as a tool to pull me through basically every race I've ever done since my first Leadville, like that first feeling mm -hmm. of finishing my first Leadville has pulled me through every other race I've had dark moments in knowing that that payoff is coming. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, this morning I was overhearing the news, uh, and Good Morning America said something about they. I like quoted Winston Churchill, right? Like, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you can, when you can remember those that feeling, when you can put it in some like compartment of your brain and say, you know what, I'm going to lock and key this feeling, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use that in those moments. Um, it, it does, yeah, it helps you go through hell. But you've got to like, you've got to key in on. Them. That's why I'm big on tokens, whether mm-hmm. it's your race plate or the medal or the trophy of the thing or like I'm, I'm big on tokens. I think the coolest thing that people do is wear the race shirt the next day or the hat that you got or even cool, like changing your profile picture on your socials to the most recent accomplishment. Like remember that because if you don't, it is so much harder to get back in the arena um, the, the further you get from that feeling.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I was referencing big events, and you you referenced Abby's accomplishing Brack Epic. But I can tell you, and I've said this before, whether I've done a nine-mile race or a hundred-mile race, that feeling of accomplishment is feels the same. It feels exactly the same. The only difference is how quickly it fades. After a nine-mile
1: race, you're kind of like, by the next day, you're like, all right, well, what's next? Yeah. After a 100-mile race, it takes a little bit, more. But, but the five
0: minutes after crossing the finish line it's the same. is no different.
1: Even if it's a cyclocross race. Like God, I don't love dopamine. 40 <laughs> minutes. it's amazing. <laughs> if you like that, hang on. Let me <laughs> unzip my backpack <laughs> Let me introduce you to you a few other things. Um, uh, so that's mine. Let's, cool. uh, let's bounce it to you.
0: Um, so this actually ties in with kind of the first part of, of your story or your, 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 your tail there. Um, I, for a relatively organized person tend to be semi disorganized when it comes to certain things. And part of it's a little bit of a procrastination thing. Like if, if I procrastinate on the bike race that I definitely want to do, but like it's feeling intimidating right now. I'll procrastinate on packing or prepping or, or whatever. And then when it is time to pack or prep, it's frantic. It's frenetic. It's that walking out the door thinking, well, if I don't have it, I either don't need it or have to buy it when I get there, which isn't always a, an achievable thing. Right. Sometimes these races are in places that you can't just get whatever you need. Yeah. Uh so I have come I have uh printouts of lists and it's the stuff that I need every time I race for both on the bike on the race and off off the bike after the race kind of stuff. So and it's just the what I need to go do a race doesn't change ever. Yeah. So I made a list, I printed them out. They're in the top drawer right by where my uh my indoor bike is. And I, every time, every time I pull one of those out and I just go down the checklist and it's everything from charging cords. Cause God knows to run any bike. Even if you don't have a motor on the damn thing, you need a hundred cables for your, your, your Garmin or your Wahoo, your heart rate monitor, your watch, like totally. all the way down to, you know, what socks. And then, when I pack that stuff, if it's a multi-day race, I actually package the my everyday kits in um, a Ziploc bag. Yeah. So lists are a huge way for me because I'm, I'm not going to stop procrastinating to pack my shit. It's just not going to happen. So I just adapted my bad behavior into something that I use to just make sure that I don't leave the Denver without things that I need.
1: Yeah. I uh I'm I'm gonna piggyback on you because uh like less decisions are leave you open to making more decisions that you need to make, right? And that's, more important that's, yeah. more important decisions. And that's what happens in a race. Like you need to come to it like we've talked about, like coming to it clear, um coming to it clear minded, you know what I mean? Where there's an ease to it, you know? Uh each season I pick my travel wardrobe. So a lot of my races, you know, I, I, I travel to. And my system is I fly out Thursday, I fly back Sunday. Races are always on Saturdays. I was having dinner with my mom last night who was in town. She was like, so is the race this weekend on a Saturday? And I just wanted to look at her and be like, "Is it? it's like it's like always on a Saturday. Always. You, kind of, you just want to talk about the weather? You want to have an like old conversation about things that don't matter? Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's on Saturday. So I fly Thursday to Sunday. And I have a travel outfit. Like, it's like, I fly in this, I have these Viore joggers and I put on my checker flag shoes because I'm there for one reason. And I have this t-shirt and this overshirt or like sweatshirt. I I do that for every aspect of it. So the next day going to pack a pickup, then what I race in, what I have after the race, what I have for the next day when I travel. And I pick them. Each season's a little different, but it's the exact same. So, in all of my pictures for all of my travel, I'm like always in the same clothes because I go, that's just my. It could stay packed in the same duffel. Right. I only use this one duffel uh, that goes and it's exactly the same always. Mm. And it is super uh, calming to me when I pack that bag because I'll do it uh, probably Wednesday. I fly out Thursday now to California this week. And Wednesday, I'll pack that bag. I don't even need to think about what goes in it because it's this year's uniform. And it's cool because you can use, you know, Nice shirts I got at a race the previous year. So like, again, these tokens that I can have to kind of get myself in the mindset of going to this race. Right. And so it's super cool. I I do it myself and I do it all the way to the close.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So lists, lists and, 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 and go to stuff. I think it's just, you know, whether you're hyper organized like you and we'll pack our bags, are our bikes are
1: already packed in the travel bags for (laughs) Thursday's flight. I did it yesterday. Yeah.
0: Uh, or if you're like me, uh, and we'll just procrastinate until the last. I work really well with a deadline. That's that. Just know that about me. Uh, <laughs> so if I know that I need to get packed by the Thursday before I leave for a trip, I'll, it it'll be the Thursday before a trip. It won't right. be the Wednesday before a trip. Right. Well, and that, that's okay too. That you know. But I, I I I developed a system that works that makes it so that I don't get. Where I'm going and go oh shit I don't have, whatever, right? Um, so that's my lists. Lists are, are huge and it it is the same shit every time. So it's the same list every time. So just make a list of all the things you need and it'll evolve. But then just print a bunch of them out and keep them somewhere. So you just pull it, check it off, pack your shit, you're done. All right,
1: racecraft. Again, adjacent to what you just said. One thing I've learned doing – I'm between 15 and 18 races a season for the last, what, fourth wow, season yeah. around yeah. of doing this. Um, pairing it down, pairing your race needs down to the absolute bare minimum. That has become a thing that – a lesson learned that has transformed my ability to approach a race both – Prepped uh, and excited, and I never would have expected that. So, GoPro games five years ago, four four years ago, GoPro games going to line up, and I like to chew. I liked past tense. I liked to chew gum when I raced. I to have a piece of gum in my mouth. Didn't have a piece of gum, and I'm frantically like all around the start line. <laughs> any. Female that had a handbag, yeah, super chauvinistic comment, whatever. I didn't see any dudes with handbags. If I did, I would ask them too. Any female that had a handbag, hey, do you have a piece of gum? Hey, do you have – I mean, like, they're calling us into the corral area, and I'm, like, running around trying to find a piece of gum because I didn't have the piece of gum. God, I can't race because I don't have the piece of gum. (laughs) And I've done the same with, like, nutrition, specific fuel that I need. Like, what I want for – like, I have – I had so much stuff that I needed – And it needed to be right that if one of those things wasn't there, which tends to happen, um, it really, it would throw me off. Like not having your lucky socks. Dude, totally, right? So stress deal. And then you input 15, 18 races a year. And again, a lot of these out of town and crap happens, right? From breaking a spoke the night before the race, skidding the tire in the grass at the packet pickup, and then bing! Oh crap! And I'm camping, so I don't, you know. Things happen, and when you need, when you can pare down your needs to the the barest of bare minimums, it's so much less stressful. And so these packing lists we've talked about, I have I've dropped them down to the absolute lowest of lows. So my chain for this weekend's race is already lubed up in the bike bag. So I don't have to bring chain loop. So I don't have to worry about not having the chain loop. The tool I use, that that Topeak Ratchet Rocket that we have, mm-hmm. is the only tool I use, Is the only tool I bring. Like pairing everything down to the barest of bare minimums so that I have so few things that I can mess up or forget off that list. And also like with my expectations of food and travel and this and that. This year we had a bit of an issue at the beginning of the season in a travel deal. And I ended up eating brown rice and uh, gas station chicken skewers microwaved in a nachos container from the convenience store sitting on a curb. Four years ago, I'd have had a meltdown. Like, there's no way I could do that. Now I'm like, well, I have the carbohydrates and the proteins that I need. I'm going to squeeze this packets of sweet and sour sauce on them. This is freaking disgusting. And half the nacho thing is melted in the microwave. But I got what I needed. And so... While lists are great. One of the race crafts I've learned is need the barest of barest of things need such few things that your, uh opportunity for success is through the roof.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think to, to, to emphasize the paring down, like my, my list has evolved year yeah. over year. And at first it, it was a lot. And after a number of times, you get back from the race and you have the same untouched thing in your bag every time or in your bin or it, it, they start to come off. Yeah, you know, um, one of my favorite things when we unpack,
1: I can unpack so quickly. Yeah. Uh, do you know why? Why? Everything in the bag goes in the dirty clothes bin because I've used it all. Right. The, like a successful There's trick, no like, oh, no, I didn't wear that shirt. No, ex, there's no extra T-shirt. Yeah. There's not an extra pair of underooskies. Yeah. Like it's better to risk free balling than to have three extra pairs of underwear in your bag. Like, again, barest of bare. I had to wear a flannel for uh, the rehearsal dinner on Friday night for this wedding. And on sun- uh, Saturday morning, I was riding with the groom. Well, it was going to be kind of chilly uh, Saturday morning in Fort Collins. And so the flannel, I picked specifically like a commuter-style <laughs> Levi's flannel for the flannel on Friday night because then I mountain biked on that same flannel, Saturday morning. Right. So, like,
0: I'm saying cut it down. Sure. Cut it way down. Well, it's like that meme, you know, people who pack for trips with more underwear, like they're going to literally shit their pants every day. Yeah, yeah. Going on a five-day trip, I definitely need eight pairs of underwear. Yeah. Hey,
1: when's, when's the last time you pooped your pants? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um So that's my lord. Pairing it down. And that comes at, like, With nutrition on the bike, you know, going to liquid fuel has been huge because now I don't need to pack goos and waffles and this is and that's. I'll take like whatever goo or snack bar comes and like my race registration packet pickup, like, oh, that'll be my backup bar. I'll just put that in the pocket. I'm not going to use it anyway. Yeah.
0: You know, so really getting it down. Um, When you talk about prep, especially when you have to, when you travel a lot, and that was a big thing traveling to Costa Rica, I had, that was the first time I had to be hyper critical. Of what I packed. Yeah. Because it was one bag and it was six days and it just needed to, to be that. And I couldn't, I didn't have the luxury of being in my truck.
1: Yeah. The, uh, you talk about prep. So there's, there's one thing with travel that is the pain in the ass. Um, pain in the ass every time. What do you use as your, uh, repair kit for a bike race? How do you air in your tires? Oh yeah. CO2. Can't fly with CO2, right? Fly with them every freaking race 15 to 18 12 of them tra- travel to for the last three seasons four seasons I gotta get to the bike shop the usually the sponsor bike shop for the bike race want to support them I gotta buy two co2s and then not use them and you just and give them to the race to rid- donate yeah a couple of times I talked to bike shop owners because I'm pretty frugal I'm like hey bro can I borrow these and then bring them back and if I do use them I'll pay for and a couple of them have done it that's pretty cool uh I ordered this morning. Uh, on Amazon, I ordered a six-pack of 20-gram CO2s to be delivered to the Robin Hood Resort, where we're staying at in Big Bear. <laughs> Attention, my name, guest. Yeah. So and I said delivery it. for on Thursday. So I don't want them to come prime next day because I don't want them to get like, lost. So when I check in on Thursday to the Robin Hood, there will be a package There's there. A,
0: Mr. Holly. we have a package ready yeah, for you. Yeah,
1: with six CO2s. Two for me, two for Abby, and then... Two for somebody who definitely forgot theirs. Definitely <laughs> forgot theirs. Well, yeah, Chad and Ryan and Elan are coming. <laughs> uh, and Donovan. And so uh,
0: for sure somebody has forgotten their CO2s. Ryan will not just because he is so meticulous. Well, you can't fly with him. Yeah. So he'll have a plan to get him. But uh, but the yeah. The other three are wild cars. cards. Wild cards. I, can't, I, was, I can't weigh in on them. That's
1: that. why <laughs> I had the option to buy four individuals or a six-pack, six. and I'm like, you know.
0: Somebody's gonna need them.
1: Uh so but that's what I mean. Like now I don't have to, it's one, I don't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to a bike shop uh, when I get there. I probably still will. Like what else do you do with a day and a half of extra time? But I don't have to. So simplified.
0: For bike racers, going to local bike shops is the same as checking out coffee shops. We're going to do both. Well, you, yeah, that's... Probably in the same trip. I told you I
1: have the same clothes. I also have the exact same routine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um uh, the exact. Same. I am throwing a wild card in card in though this weekend that they don't know about, okay.
0: and I don't really know when this podcast releases. It'll probably be so. It'll be probably about fifteen days. From, it'll be after the race. Yeah. So yeah, because we're
1: going this week. But I did check out Big Bear Marina because that it's, it's at Big Bear Lake, and uh, I've never like been. I've never been on. I've been there for the bike race, you know. But uh, like, I'm thinking jet skis, dude. I'm thinking jet ski rentals. I'm thinking that would be sweet. Yeah. So post-race, everyone's hanging out and be like, oh, by the way, guys, I got like six jet skis rented for the next hour. Let's go rage. Nice.
0: Be Awesome. Very cool. Um. So the one thing that you said in, in your paring down tip was about nutrition, and I actually have just a little bit, and maybe you were just talking about not bringing a ton of bars and a ton of liquid drink and 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 just like narrowing it down to what you need. Um but I think a lot of times, you know, we listen to I know I listen to lots of podcasts that talk to super fast bike racers. And one common thread, when you're finishing Leadville in six hours, you know, six and a half hours, seven hours, you'll often hear athletes at that level talking about, well, I knew I only needed X amount and I could probably get away with Y amount. And so I just planned to to finish the line completely depleted with nothing left. And for that end of the race, it makes a ton of sense, right? Racing, whether it's motorcycles or humans on bikes, it's the ragged edge of, of failure, right? Right, The whole engine is always on the on the very edge of succeeding or failing when you're at that elite level. Totally. The rest of us need to have a little bit more pragmatic approach to it. And a big one for me was this year at Breck Epic on, uh, I think it was on the Guyatt stage. When you look at the race map, the first aid station is 14 miles in. And we talked about it at the the racer meeting the previous night. I'm probably not gonna have a, anything at aid one. It's only fourteen miles in. Aid twos at twenty three miles. That day I think has three aid stations, if I'm not mistaken. I'll just wait till aid two. And I hemmed and hawed and flipped and flopped about whether or not to have even a bag, never mind you know, one bottle or two bottle or whatever, pretty much until that morning. And what I landed on was instead of thinking, oh, I don't think I'll need it. I came up with a realistic, a bottle an hour plan, applied it to that distance, looked at the elevation, average speeds for the race and 14 miles seems really short. But it was still about two hours because there was a lot of climbing. Um, And sure enough, I got to aid station one at about two hours and was so glad that I had a nutrition plan and adhered to it and didn't do the, oh, I think I can make it 23 miles on two bottles because I wouldn't have. Yeah. Or I'd have been in a bad spot. Um, And so I think – Don't try to be Billy Badass. Don't try to, oh, I'll only need this much, especially if it's drop bags. There's zero harm in having shit at aid stations or being willing to use them. Uh, So have a pragmatic look at what the course is, what the reality of the course is, what time you're going to have between aid stations, and just lean into it. Yeah. So... You bring up, there's two things that are really important
1: there that you said. One, if you have a plan, you have to stick, you have to execute the plan, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then two, you said, what's the risk? Yeah, if it's a drop bag situation, it's easy. I'm doing a 100 mile race, there's five aid stations. Cool. Put two bottles at each aid station. If I need more than that, I can grab from the aid station. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you may not need all of them. Well, what's the worst that happens? The $8 bottle and the $4 mixed solution in the middle get wasted. In the middle of a race, $12 is not the concern I'm having right now. No. You know? So just, but lean into it. You said, have a plan and understand what's the downside. Um, it's funny the way you told that and talked about the tip of the spear, because I just did the Park City point to point over Labor Day weekend. And uh 72-mile race with, uh, there was an aid station early on, and there was also like the primary aid, two was at 50 miles. So you had to get to 50 miles. So my plan was um, I had a pack uh, and two bottles to the aid – or no, I think I just had – I had just a pack. I had just a pack to the aid station, so that's three bottles worth, mm-hmm. and then a second pack set up at that aid station and Drop. dropped. It was awesome. Rolled in. Abby had a pack. I threw it off the back, put it on. The total race was like seven and a half hours or seven hours, something like that. And I spent 35 seconds not riding. Yeah. It's perfect. That's awesome. But then I asked, well, what did Keegan do? So Swenson was at the race. He rolled through the aid station, didn't stop, didn't do anything. So he had a pack and two bottles on his bike and never stopped. So he was able to hit six and a half hours, six hours, six and a half hours. He never stopped. So he had a plan and then you that was the plan. You're talking about having a plan and being like that is the plan. It's the him hauling in the night before that creates all the undo unnecessary all of the So it goes back to the same thing, having a plan, having a list and then paring it down, what do I need and then just execute that.
0: Right. So you throw some extra
1: stuff away. So what?
0: And I think to to really drive it home like again reiterate all of this is just to reduce your stress before the race. And right. so how much time did I? And I was sitting at dinner and thinking about it, and putting all this mental energy into something it's just if I turn my brain off, and know that my plan is a bottle an hour, no matter what. Look at the race course. Is it two hours? If the answer is yes, there's a drop bag there with two bottles. Yeah, easy breezy. It, it, it you just you, you cruise control that shit, and then you go to bed. You're not thinking about it while you're laying in bed trying to get to sleep. You know, like it just if you just turn your brain off and just stick to the thing that you said you were going to do no matter what, and you know that you need to do just because I had a day off because of rain doesn't mean all of a sudden I miraculously don't need a bottle an hour. Right. right. I need a bottle an hour. Yeah. You know, and if we talk bottle an hour, uh, I've been
1: stressing something in the last two weeks with a lot of the guys I'm working with, which is we tend to, you talk about being on the ragged edge. Like I can come to the finish line depleted. Yeah. On a race, you should. Like, on a race, you should have been, like, at the edge of catastrophic failure. Like, a double quad cramp in, like, uh, me, myself, and Irene, like, hitch (laughs) lips like this at the finish line. Every ounce of hydration sucked out of your, like, looking like the tails from the crypt guy. Uh That's perfect race. But with training, training is a part of a continuum. And when you finish a training session, what are you going to do tomorrow? Train again. A training session. And so fueling to the finish of your training sessions is something that I think a lot of racers don't learn until they start doing it. And they go, oh, shit, I'm getting like a lot better quality training, and I'm feeling a lot better. I'm recovering better. Uh, oh, because I need a fuel. Because say you end on the ragged edge at a training session. What's not at the end of a training session? Well, it's what is at the end of a race a big festival with a food ticket and like vendors handing out and like consumption of calories about
0: and no expectation of doing that again the next day unless it's stage race totally different situation but right
1: but at a training ride a training session you just ended up back at your car which is like a a period of miles away from your house which is a period of feet away from your refrigerator from your blender so yeah, you finished on the ragged edge and then spent forty-seven minutes dicking around until you got to like quality food. Even if you had a recovery drink in there. Like yeah. fueling to the finish on your training sessions mm-hmm. is a racecraft thing that I only learned after I acknowledged how do I race. Well, I'm racing. I'm in a race, if I'm five miles from the finish line, but it's a two mile climb and then a three mile descent, I'm i I'm taking down the rest of that carbo rocket because I want to hammer that climb. Yeah. Hammer that descent. If it's the same profile on a training ride in the past, I typically like I can gut it up there and make it. I don't need to. Yeah. The amount of carbon rocket bottles I've put back in my refrigerator in the van. Oh yeah. Unused, and I'm like, wait, when I when I mapped out this training ride, I should have drank all of those, and I didn't. That was a fail.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny because there's a handful of years. It was probably wasn't a handful of years. Probably two years ago. You're like, dude, you should not be training with your race fuel. That's your rocket fuel, that's your race fuel. And I was like, I don't know, like these training sessions are pretty hard. I like I should probably be doing something. And then I just blew you off and like so if I do a 2-hour workout, I bring two bottles with carbo. Right. Like, you know, like because I I need to do it again the next day and the next day and, mm-hmm. the, next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And because we the way that you coach, we don't have prescribed rest weeks. We have rest days in the week, which it works great. It's it. I've I've adapted to it exceptionally well once I got my head around the fact that we weren't doing five weeks on with a a, a one week deload or anything like that. Like it's it's been fine. It's been great. But man, I I I fuel my my intense training rides the way I fuel anything else. Same with my dinners throughout the week. And, you know, uh,
1: pulling away from the gym and and then only working within the bike world, right? Changed, like, not only my own, but the way I coach nutrition and everything. Like, if I'm doing a hard ride tomorrow, right? Hard training session, like, you bet your bottom dollar my dinner is gonna look very much like a race dinner, yep. like a pre-race dinner, you know? Whereas back when I was gym dude, you know, I'm still eating lettuce and freaking <laughs> some, like, grilled lean meat, yeah. right? Uh, so, yeah, being being very clear about what you need. And one thing that I started speaking on this year and talking to especially at the camps, was, like, when we were at the camps, it was like, hey, guys, we're not here. This isn't fat camp. Like, we're not here to lose weight. Right. We're here to train your performance. This is a performance camp. So, you're probably going to be eating way more than you normally even would because the load on you is way higher than yeah. your normal three day block. Yeah. We're going to kick your ass. And so, this is a performance camp. This isn't fat camp. Yeah. So, if you're looking to like lose weight and everything, like this ain't the camp for you. Like, go down the way, do some like low intensity zone two cardio and eat celery sticks. Yeah, um, call me on a log if you want, but it's like some like nut free butter.
0: <laughs> I, uh, it's a bit of a tangent, but people want to diet when they're undertaking this. If you just, f- I, I really, I didn't believe it for the longest time. My body composition has changed. My shorts don't fit the same. My large t-shirts don't fit the same. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm skinny. I'm not 10% body fat, but the positives of fueling and gradually having body composition change in a positive way for being a cyclist, have been far better than experimenting with intermittent fasting and seeing a real quick change. And yeah, the like fuel the shit. So
1: hey, fuel can,
0: you, fuel your bike rides.
1: Did we get to number three? Did we get your tier? Oh, I thought we I thought we just guessed your racecraft number three.
0: No, I mean I think that I honestly I think that that can play into having a plan and sticking to it for nutrition. Like your, your plan for you. You said it a minute ago, your dinners, your lunches. If you just have a plan and just stick to it, you don't have to think about it specifically in the bike world or on, on race day. Just if you can just autopilot it, you're so much easier. Yeah. Um, Or your, your life is so much easier.
1: All right. Racecraft number three. What do you got?
0: Um, when, I started working at my first real mountain bike shop, Single Track Factory, back in 2008. Every bike, every new bike sale went out the door with a camelback. Nobody was running bottle cages. Everything was in a pack. Water was in the pack. Tools were in the pack. Now, everything like if you show up with a camelback at a ride, you're basically laughed out of the parking lot. Right, for sure. So, we're all super, you know, how do you attach your stuff to your bike? Well, we got these tool rolls and this and that, and they're great. Hard lesson to learn was even though a tool wrap can hold your tube, your CO2 canister, your tire lever, your Allen wrench set, et cetera, et cetera. Not all of it should be in there. So I don't like having really anything that I don't have to have in my pocket, my Jersey pockets in my Jersey pocket. So I still have my tube, my CO2 and my tire lever in the, uh, in the tool wrap, have your multi-tool and your inflator head in a jersey pocket. You don't want to be fumbling around trying to find that stuff in the heat. like trying to find an inflator head and God forbid it bounced off. Of With your With gloves on, wrapped yeah. up
1: tight inside your tube, Dude. inside your wrap, inside your...
0: So the multi-tool and the inflator head are always, always, always in the jersey pocket. If you need it fast... Don't have it hard to get to.
1: Right. Right. Well, um, you know, I learned that uh, three true grits ago. Mm -hmm. And that would have been four years because one was canceled. So uh, because my tool wrap came off and I lost my whole kit. (laughs) Because you didn't have shit. Didn't have anything. I'm like, and I didn't know when it came (laughs) off because it's hanging off my ass. It's on the seat.
0: I can imagine... Somebody riding by you and be like, hey, man, do you have, would, would you need anything? All of it. And instead of just being like, yeah, man, do you have a CO2? You'd be like, yeah, I need everything. So in that race, I had a, <laughs> a slipping seat
1: post. Because droppers have gotten a lot better. Remember like when droppers yeah, were so dude. vulnerable to how tight your seat clamp was? Yeah, Like your seat clamp was tight and they would bind coming back up? Yep. They don't do that now. Yeah. Um. So I was having a slipping seat post. And so I had to actually ask people for their tool. To put my seat back to the because it kept slipping throughout the race. And the only people willing to give you a tool are the people that are in the part of the race that I was not trying to be in. Right. So um I, I carry my tool also in my pocket. As a matter of fact, I carry my whole kit. You do. I don't put anything on the bike because I learned that lesson that way in right. a race. So I was yeah, like, yeah. you're pretty screwed. Yeah. Um But to stick with your tools, because I think this is a great lesson to learn. And you don't learn it on a training ride. You do need to race to learn that. Like because yeah. on a training ride, you need to stop and get your tool, like so be it. Right on a bro ride or whatever, but in a race, time is of the essence, right? Um, which gets me to some of these freaking integrated tool systems. I mean, dude, they seem so good on paper. Look, you come in. Uh, we're in base camp right now, and he's not for nothing. They're up on the wall. Why? Because people buy them. Want them? You know, um, there's all of these nifty little super compact MacGyver transformer things that are like, wow, I can't believe that does that and that and that and this. So we were on a pre-ride in Colombia back in March, Amir and I, and I didn't have my seat post like quite at the right height. It didn't need to be down just a tiny bit. And uh he's like, oh I got my tool right here. I want to try this thing. So he had bought the new um a wolf tooth tool. The one that, that goes
0: inside the handlebar. No, it wasn't
1: in the uh, handlebar one. It was just one that, like, it, you know, is the side open one that's the metal levers that are also oh, all yeah. the bits. So, yeah, no. It's I'm $80. Point, I'm pointing to it yeah, right there. Okay. It's 80 bucks. I, Yeah. It's super sweet looking. Like, holy shit, and even carries like a chain link. Like yeah. this carries, and it's so small. Uh you could keister it if it wasn't allowed on the plane, you know? Right. Um so he's like, here, dude, use it. And so I used it and to get the contraption together, not to mention having to take my gloves off to, like, deal with the tiny little bits. Because well, it's all slick aluminum Oh, my God, steel. it's, like, all machined. Yeah. And so I'm doing all, and I'm putting on all – And I finally go to – I'm like, dude, this is the biggest pain in the – And then I'm trying to put it back together. And it was, like, trying to give a Rubik's Cube to a blind person. It was brutal. Um, so so when I got done with it, I was like, okay, that, that's cute, dude. I'm going to keep this heavy one that I just go – And open it up. And right. you know what? It does get wet, so – when I get home from a bike trip, I spray the crap down with, like, WD-40. so Water desplacer, yeah. Something like that. And uh, I have a heavy tool that I can easily get to all the stuff. Yeah. And that was one I had to learn because trying to use the fancy crap.
0: One of my, my – the tool, I have four of them because um, I bought four of them because they were going out of production. Um, but it's, like, a 17-function design tool. It's big. It's heavy. It's clunky. But – Everything just Swiss Army knives out, yep. and Swiss Army knives closed, and I'm done. Uh, yeah,
1: the, some of them, like, and they have the extra like bit on top of the other one, so it's like, oh, is it on the five? Is it on the six? Like mm-hmm. all this extra crap. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a theme here. Yeah, what you learn in races is the simplest Simples is the solution, most af-
0: man. endurable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and to you know again to to drive it home, like one of mine, they they get rusty, they still work. Yeah, just I just
1: doubt I, I you do. Just, I have to douse clean it, it up. My my father in law calls it panther piss. I don't know where that came from. I don't even. know. That may even be like inappropriate. Old dudes have
0: some hilarious shit.
1: It it might be rooted in something that we're going to find out about I mean, later that I'm not proud of. We're definitely
0: going to get. Like it's like a, a trail of tears review. reference or yeah, something.
1: Who knows? But he calls it panther piss. So anything that squeaks or eeks or creaks yeah. or leaks, he just to spray the panther spray piss. Spray with on the it. P- panther panther <laughs> piss.
0: <laughs> um, you said chain link. Um, and I'll roll this into this conversation. I actually have my spare link electrical taped to my dropper cable. It's always with the bike. Oh, wait, say that again. Is so that... I have my spare link, my yeah. spare chain link, um, like inverted, like back to back. So like the prongs are kind of sticking out. Yeah, like like flying over a MIG and giving it the finger. Right. Um, <laughs> But then I have those links... Uh, electrical taped around my dropper post cable. Super so it's, smart. It's just I, that I cannot. I I'm can sorry. Take... I have I have I have a very expensive dropper post, and so what? I will have a cable. Use your shift cable, <laughs> or your brake cable, or a cable. Yeah. Um. I can't take any credit for that. I can't remember who, uh, I heard that one from. Uh, it is not mine, but the 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 link is always with the bike cuz for the longest time I was riding uh, when I had a SRAM drivetrain I just had it in the blister pack with the cardboard mm-hmm. but get your multi tool out it could fall out it could fly mm-hmm. off on totally. the side of the trail there was one point I had it stuffed uh, back when I had like a a bag it was like in the bag um too many opportunities to lose it so
1: yeah that's really so attached to the bike I'm going to give a, a five-star review to whoever gave you that, and I'm just going to say it's you. So in the future, Harley, when you have some cool shit, just own it. Just take it. Everything is stolen. Nothing yeah. is new. Okay? Fair <laughs> um, enough. So I have used different tactics for my spare chain link where it's been like in the plug kit. Uh, the one I currently impl- employ is I use those Pedro's Tire Lovers, uh-huh. and there's like a channel in the hmm. back because you put two together. Hmm. And then all the Selman pairs – but i have very rarely needed a pair of tire levers it's just a spare it's just one tire lever so i put the chain link in there and then i use gorilla tape around that so yep. now i have tape to do a repair yep. so that's been my thing but you're right like different bikes use different drivetrains or different like types you know i have a geared shimano so i need a 12 speed but my single speed shimano chains are 11 speed chains mm. which i really think that these things like
0: in a pinch i uh, think in a pinch they'll work um, in some cases like you could probably fit an 11 so it's all about pin width um so like a a 11 speed chain has a wider pin width i think and so it would probably go on to a 12 speed chain in a pinch But 12 speed chain is narrower so it probably wouldn't go down to the wider chain anyway to your point right it's best to have a link for the right bike just keep it with the bike
1: that's really smart
0: I learned something today. So that wasn't even really one of mine. It just tied in with the, the half yeah. stuff that you you need.
1: And that again, that goes to. I mean, it's been it's thematic here. Still, it goes to, you know, I have been in a spot where I brought the tire lever that has the SRAM link, <laughs> because it's for the only I only have okay. There, you know, I love you Shimano. I had I have one bike that has SRAM on it. Okay,
0: it's a very 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 specific reason there's only,
1: only one has SRAM and so it needs a link and yeah. uh but all the others are Shimano yeah. and I've brought that wrong tire lever and been like and then I'm at a shop trying to buy a freaking <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: trying to buy the thing you know so pare it down make a list have a plan stick to the plan these are things you learn racing bikes and then always recognizing the feeling and knowing that that's the that's the thing that we're chasing
0: yep um, that's a
1: pretty That's pretty cool.
0: I got one more if you don't have any more.
1: Let's do it. If you talk about how you put double chamois cream on at Breck Epic, we don't need to hear about it. No, no, no. Because you're putting it on the pad and your ass.
0: My ass was in perfect shape the you, whole week. You
1: went through 40 ounces of chamois cream <laughs> in six
0: days. Zero, zero chafing. <laughs> and well moisturized. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, number plates. Talk to me. There is, if you race... At all. One one race a year, 13 races a year. I don't care. If you race bikes consistently, you need to have your own stash of zip ties and a set of $5 side cutters.
1: Or fingernail clippers. Or fingernail clippers.
0: It's, I think side cutters are cheaper and they cut them flush than fingernail fingernail clippers. Have you ever tried to trim your toenails with side cutters? No dangerous yeah. um but every race promoter gives you the little like paper twist bread bag ties. bread ties um i don't even use bread that uses those bread. ties on purpose <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> oh what kind of bread is that? Is does that have a twist tie
0: yeah that bread i don't out. think it's bread dead. actually comes with that anymore no I, they I mean, do does not Not the bread i buy not the bread i buy um but yeah i think uh just you know Wherever you go, any hardware store, um, get aside a set of flush cutters and a pack of black zip ties, because you don't. I, I I I don't currently win races, but I refuse to look like a guy who won't win races. Like, you know what I mean? No, like, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm like, not have sure. your number plate situation sorted, because. If it's not, and here's where the racecraft comes in. If it's not, it's either falling off, janky, rattling around and pissing you off. Um, or when you want that picture for the the token for your Facebook so that you can feel accomplished and have that feeling to hang on to, you're gonna look at it you're like, man, that's a great picture, but you know, my my number number plate is half hanging off of my bike. And it's just it it's not a big thing, but it's a thing. Like Make sure your number plate is, like, put on your bike, right? So that during the race, it's not flopping around and causing you problems that you have to think about.
1: I, uh, when I put my number plate on, I don't just put it on and be like, oh, yeah, it looks good. I put it on and I twist my handlebars left, right. I smack the front yeah. wheel on the ground. I'm like, my goal is that it makes no noise. Mm-hmm. Now, many of my bikes uh, will have a burr, a little, like, a burn mark on my uh, head tube. Mm-hmm. Because of the way I... Not only I'll put them on, sometimes i be like, ah, it's too far. And I'll fold it back up on itself and zip tie it around the stem. Mm-hmm. And then it gets like... So I would rather burn mark my frame than have a damn noise be made yeah. with that freaking number plate. Yep. Right? It drives you crazy. Absolutely crazy. And a number plate falling off has happened to me before. Yeah. And... It was in a race where you know me. I negotiate on whether or not I'm going to stop to urinate, let alone stop <laughs> to chase a flying number plate that looks like the plastic bag in American Beauty, <laughs> right? So yeah, I had to drop my bike 18 hours of fruta, dismount, and chase through the desert this blowing freaking number plate because I didn't have mm-hmm. a good setup on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but to your like looking, looking at your number plate, looking at your setup. Having it look right, having it be, having it just be right—not that it needs to look right—that's just part of it. And it's one less thing to roll up to the start line, and look left and right, and be like, oh, I got my hanging off here like a limp leaf."
0: Well, you know the the superhero pose psychology thing. Yeah, you where know, you, you st-
1: puff up, and it
0: instantly changes you. Right. Yeah, I think things like you know we say looking pro. I think if you look the part, if you feel like you look the part, and you do look the part, you'll you'll be the part for wh- wherever in the race you are. And so, should do I need $450 white S-fires? No. Does it make me feel good? And if I feel good, do I perform better? Yes. And so, it having your, your bike setup put together, having your number played on correctly, having your kit dialed, all these things are, are like all... Th- Things that tie into the superhero pose mentality. Yeah, yeah. And so, an easy way to do it is a fifteen dollar investment in a, si- a set of cutters or nail clippers and some zip ties, so that you're not using rinky dink bread ties and have your 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 setup look not good.
1: I love it. I, you know, I, I started off this episode talking about Abby did this Yeti Betty bike bash and she did great. I was so proud of her. She got podium, whole nine. And uh, we're going to leave and. She had like so few miles to empty in her car with gas that it didn't even register. It just was like blowing red lights at my face. <laughs> so I stopped at the gas station and load up. And then I look, and her number plate is still on. It's still on her bike. And no offense, I love you, babe, but it was with the bread ties. Yeah. But it's still on the bike. I'm gonna double down on your race craft when the race is over, and you put your bike back on your car to drive, be either back to your hotel or your house. Take your number plate off. Yeah. Put it in with all your stuff. Yeah. That's your token, dude. Yeah. It's one of many tokens. Can't risk it
0: whipping down the highway. you whipping
1: down that. You spend all this time with your fancy new $15 diagonal cutters and zip ties on. to have it just careening off on I-70. Yeah. Clip it. Put it in your deal. Yeah. I'll even say more to that on the back of it. Write what place you got, what field you were in, and what year it was. Um, Because... Down the line, you could have a chronology of all of your efforts, and yeah. it's right on the back of the number plate. Yep. So
0: I had to do that. I had when I redid my workout corner and I rehung all my my number plates. I'm way too OCD to not have the number plates in chronological order. Right. And I hadn't done that. I hadn't written anything on the back of them, so I had to go back to all the race sites and look up results to match number plates so that I could get them. In the right order on the right. wall. That's awesome. <laughs> like. So mine are, the, mine are
1: chronologically set up um, from a bottom right corner all the way to a top left corner. It's a big grid. Uh-huh. Uh, in my bottom right corner, plates are like uh, epic single track series, which was what Winter Park's single track series was. Uh-huh. Um, a green novice plate, right, in this uh-huh. bottom right corner. And now in the top left, you have my most recent, you know, it's oh, got
0: low digits,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like number 8,642
0: novice. Yeah, number eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I can just, you can step back and talking about that superhero thing. You step back and you look at it and go, Oh man, like what a maturity, like what a development, what a growth, what a testament to the effort and the time and the focus and the sacrifice. And so my last racecraft. Uh, goes back to, again, what I said at the beginning when I told Abby, I go, remember this feeling? If you're racing and you're racing consistently, there needs to be a way for you to have a system of commemorating that so that you can look back at that. Whatever it is. Again, back to these tokens. Like, number plates on the wall or a Google Doc where you put all that, da- or whatever. Like Have a thing. Because I know
0: people that get race tattoos.
1: There you go. Like, you know, I have I have raced my way to the the tip of the race, and uh, who knows what the future holds if that continues or if I start to move back down the ladder. But uh, for as much bravado as I bring to the start line, I have a, a great appreciation for the humility that I've like learned in the sport. And going back and being able to look at my wall of plates or look at my like, shelves of trophies, like it's really neat to be able to, to see where that was and what like was instrumental along the way. Mm-hmm. And they change, right? Like I have, um, I have a big framed thing from LaRuda, uh, in 2019, which wasn't that long ago, Yeah, but that event, I've had so many events since then. And so many more transformation points that, that, that like, it's not a frame this event to me anymore, but it was then. And when I look at it, I can go back to like that person then. So as a racer, Um, have a plan for that, have a system for that. Um, It will pay dividends to get you both through hard training sessions, but also inspire you to, you know, continue moving.
0: Yep. I think that wraps it up. Cool stuff. Race lots, race often, you'll get better
1: at it. There's nothing bad to come from lining up at that start line. Go get one.
0: So we got three races before. I have three races before the end of the year. You probably have like 10. No, there's still a lot on the (laughs) calendar. Like, by no means is the season over. Yeah. So Um, I got uh, a little one-off race in Nebraska. I'm going to go visit the new shop out there, and there's a race at a really cool spot called Potter's Pasture um, that I was showing you pictures of it, and you kind of brought me back to reality a little bit. (laughs) And this is like, yeah, dude, you take three pictures, they're going to be good pictures. But – I was blown away. I like, I I seriously thought it was going to be a pasture. A, I I just I figured Nebraska is flat and there's very little trees and it was just going to be a shitty trail on some open space surrounded by grass. Yeah. And uh the trail actually looks pretty decent. Uh looks like it's pretty fun. It's like down in a little valley, lots of trees. It's uh so I'm actually pretty excited about that. Don't mess with a Midwesterner. We are some resourceful motherfuckers. Dude, you will find a way to make a good trail apparently. Dude, and yeah. I was looking even further, there's like trestle rolling like bridges that are old and dilapidated, but at one point they were building a lot there. Um, so it's just south of uh North Platte. Um Bro, fueled by 10 dollar 30 packs,
1: Midwesterners <laughs> can build some shit. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> okay. doubt. no doubt. So you
1: got that in that.
0: We have oh, Rattler. We that was a curveball. That was not on the calendar at all. Yeah, Austria. Yeah, you, you had a Leadville qualifier <laughs> yet still this year. Uh, And then we got Dawn of Dusk. And then you've got Marathon Nationals. Yeah. That's a big deal. It's the deal. That's huge. I it's loved the- your like surgical strike that you did. I feel like you tell me a lot. Like I feel like I have a fairly intimate window into like your life, your schedule, your daily comings and goings. Um, if for no other reason, then oftentimes if there's a bike involved, you are like, hey, dude, I'm leaving for this thing and I need something dialed in before I go. Yeah, I mean that, but usually you just know because we're boys, we just yeah. talk. So, yeah. You um, did our, our group coaching call from Maryland and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and
1: it was back the next day. Yeah. It
0: was <laughs> like, like surgical strike for a pre ride.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've, um, you can tell when I get, really angry cuz i get quiet. Most of the time i'm loud and boisterous and fun and this and that but when i'm like really like when i'm twisted i get quiet. When i'm hung like i'm about to get quiet cuz i'm about to be hungry. Um i get quiet. When something means a lot to me i might be quiet too. Yeah. And that's where marathon nationals is right yeah. now. This is um the defining moment of my season and I want that USAC Jersey. And so I have not made a big public thing about but yeah, my investment was a uh, an expensive flight to an expensive rental car to a very inexpensive dirt bag camping out of the back of said <laughs> rental car to pre-ride yeah. the national's course um and then flew back. Yeah. Uh I got a lot in it. Yeah. That's so I awesome. got that. Yeah. I absolutely
0: cannot wait to see what happens. I'm, I'm so excited either. for me,
1: you. Me neither. It's pretty yeah, it's going to
0: uh, so I've got that. Yep. And you think
1: that training was airstrike, uh, the race is airstrike. The race is a Sunday. Right. I fly in midday Saturday. I fly out Sunday night. Well at least when
0: Darcy asks you if the race is on Saturday.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> this one's on Sunday. Uh it's airstrike t- to heck. Yeah. Like I'm I'm literally in, I got a freaking motel six and I'm out. I'm there for one reason. And I have got my blinders on right. and I got my M M&M and M in my head. Yeah. And I got my freaking – the boys – I got my – the boys' laser eyes. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. My one-day shot of V. Yeah. And I'm ready, dude. Nice. So – awesome. um And then the gears shift hard, and I slam it back into a different gear, and Abby and I fly to Guatemala and do a five-day enduro trip. That's going to be so cool, too. Over, like, Day of the Dead celebrations and all this stuff in Guat. And that's to learn more about what – uh, Dawn to dusk, mountain bike adventures will have next year. Yeah, which will be more exc- some in addition to the camps and excursions, and so I'm going to learn maybe things I don't know yet. Um, so I'm doing a five day guided trip out there
0: in Guatemala, which will be sweet. Right. So go experience a guided on the rails yeah. trip before you try to offer it.
1: Totally, if everything provided. Yep. Um, but then you yeah, got Austin Rattler. We got Dawn
0: to Dusk. Dawn to Dusk is gonna be cool.
1: Dawn to Dusk is be super fun. I
0: was so I've had a couple of indoor training sessions. And I've been just doing them with the that course playing. Oh, it's sweet.
1: <laughs> so you have a deeper, yeah, you'll know the hell out of it. Yeah,
0: that's the goal. Yeah, that's cool. I it's cool. Can just turn my brain off and execute. That's all that's, I have to do. That's what yeah. racing does for us. Well, but you know, like if I don't have to think, oh, well, what's the course like? I've been mean, doing the same thing with the Rattler course too. There's just very little good. There's you haven't gone and ridden it, so there's not a course preview exactly. that I can go handle. I found one, but the dude did had these split it. It's a two hour video of them riding slow. Yeah, not gonna work. Like I can't do it and it's bad and it's old. So but the Fountain Hills one, like I've I've watched that race four times. It's cool. So when we get what I do matters. I mean Yeah. <laughs> All right guys, thanks for listening. Thanks everyone.
1: You're done So get the fuck out You're weak You're done So get the fuck out You're weak You're done So get the fuck out